You're listening to The Real Intelligence Podcast, presented by leading data science consulting company, RxA. We're here to bring attention to the unique stories, perspectives, challenges, and success that individuals who use data in their work face at every career stage. Welcome to the show. You're on today with Jason Harper, CEO and founder of RxA, and Anna Schultz, marketing coordinator at RxA. Our guest today is Lee Wachwitz, Associate Athletic Director of Data Analytics and Strategic Initiatives at University of Notre Dame. Lee is a veteran college athletics administrator with over a decade of work in data and analytics in college athletics. Almost completely self-taught, Lee has held positions from business analyst to SQL developer to analytics product manager at mid-major and power five schools, the conference office and network and industry partners. She is also the co-founder and president of Sports Data Analytics and Technology Association, a nonprofit focused on data literacy and analytics adoption in sports. In her current role at Notre Dame, Lee is responsible for the strategic use of data and analytics across all aspects of the athletic department. Welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we'd like to start off the podcast by getting to know the real you. So I have a few questions that we might not find the answers to you to in your professional bio. Um, do you have a secret talent that others might be surprised to learn about you? Oh, secret talent. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, other than maybe I can juggle a soccer ball for an exceptionally long time from my youth sports career as a soccer player. So. Or just anything round, probably, right? Like, I could do a ball <laughs> that my dog uses, too. So, uh, yeah, I can juggle <laughs> with my feet, not with my hands, with my feet. And my so. I'd say that's even more impressive. <laughs> um, and then for our second question, um, if you weren't in the industry that you're in today, the data and analytics in college athletics, if you went back to kind of your six-year-old self and you had chosen a different path in life, what do you think that would look like? I mean, outside of pro athlete, which no one ever, you know, 1% of youth sports go pro, but um, I'd probably be a physical therapist or something in medicine, probably. Very cool. Um, So as we do know, you did go down the path towards trailblazing analytics adoption in the college college athletics industry. Um, So Lee, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey? Yeah, uh, so I started as a work study at a mid-major, Northeastern in Boston, uh, it was my undergrad, and I started as a work study ripping tickets, it was before we even like scanned tickets, like we didn't have connectivity, so I literally ripped football tickets uh, for my work study money every week, um, and mid-majors are pretty small operations, you know, um, Notre Dame has, you know, 300 staff members. Notre Dame, or sorry, Northeastern had like 40. It was a much smaller uh, organization and I got my hands wet, kind of doing just about everything. Um, and that's where I started to learn um, what Excel and Microsoft Access could do. Hated Excel, uh, <laughs> still don't love it all that much, but I understand what its value is now. But uh, yeah, I stayed at Northeastern for five years. It's a co-op program. So I picked up uh, co-ops with the Massachusetts State House. I was a poli-sci major. So like I was not a data person. Uh, interned for a law firm, interned for the State House. And then my last internship in co-op was with the athletic department there. So I um, had a major rules investigation. Actually, that was my first real data project was I 
read through hundreds of phone records for a compliance investigation of a coaching staff. Uh, and that's really where I started to pick it up. And then uh, graduated and jumped to Cal Athletics, UC Berkeley, out in California. Um, jumped over to a ticketing provider after that. So I really got started with dashboarding and like BI and data warehousing, probably like 2011. And back then there was like none of us doing that in college athletics. So I got used to it real fast and tried to figure out how to do it, my job basically. But um, I've been fortunate enough where there's been partners and opportunities to jump along the way. Um, each one of the partners have kind of taken me under their wing and taught me what they do. And then um, my next opportunity has kind of come from that, from Cal to Pacquiao and to Pac-12. And now at Notre Dame, they've all been kind of linked together through whatever, you know, tool or technology or project we were working on in the previous kind of role. So it's kind of cool. That sounds, yeah, I mean, it's impressive to see how you've taken just sort of like as you've gone because of your background, kind of being self-taught in this space, you know, I think that's really impressive that you're able to kind of jump into each of these organizations, learn from, adapt quickly, and, you know, grow and find success and then be able to move that forward. So, I mean, I'm number one, really appreciative and honored to have you join us today because you are someone whose story I think needs to be out there for folks to learn from too. Um, I think the uh, one of the questions, Lee, I have for you is as you've kind of moved through this career, especially being self-taught uh, and being able to find success in analytics is, you know, it can be challenging. And so I think in your case, like coming from a, you know, a different non-data science background in college, um, <clears throat> maybe could you just talk to us a little bit about how you actually were able to find some success in kind of building and growing these teams. Because if I understand correctly, in a lot of cases, you're coming into organizations and, you know, you're kind of charged with actually building teams. And that's a, that's a big task for anybody, let alone somebody who really has kind of grown up self-taught. So if you could share with us a little bit about that, that would be great. Yeah, you know, part of um, college athletics and, and each role I've had or sports business in general is, you know, um, in terms of technology, in terms of BI analytics, you know, machine learning, AI, we're probably a couple of years behind mainstream industries, right, of like the tools and tech and everything they're using and investments and money and the budget. Um, and with each stop along the way, I've really been able to like assess the level of like data literacy or interest in analytics and all those things. And I've been fortunate enough that most actually all of the organizations I've worked for have an interest in data and analytics. And while there's the shiny object syndrome, we all fall right, like victim to, right? Like, um, I am not walking into new organizations saying like, oh my gosh, we need a data warehouse. You need to use AI and machine learning right now. I'm actually saying like, hey, give me your reports. I'm going to make them into dashboards and make your life more efficient and give you time back and, you know, kind of set people up to make data driven decisions without having to spend hours and hours and hours of time of like preparing the data. So I've been able to insert myself there and say like, hey, let's start here, right? Like, let's build a foundation. And then then we can talk about AI or predictive analytics or prescriptive analytics. But like, for the most part, most of the organizations I've worked for and supported, they just need help with like 
business analytics, health of business, or just like descriptive reporting, right? On the student athlete side, I work with performance data as well now. So like, there's very much a like low hanging fruit scenario or here and, and with other organizations, we have some fruit that's just like laying on the ground and you can just pick it up. And that's like descriptive analytics for us, right? Like it's here, it's presented. We just have to do something with it. So kind of played that angle with all of my positions probably. I think one of the things, and you touched on it there too, is sort of like in that, you know, when, when I think of college athletics, and I think of programs like Notre Dame or Michigan here in Ann Arbor, you just think of these giant, well-heeled organizations with tons of resources and limitless cash. Yeah. But the reality on the ground, I would imagine, is quite different. So maybe yeah. can you talk to us about the challenge of budgets and resources and resource yeah. allocation? <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, you know, back in 2011, 12, um, when I started with Cal, you know, our budget was like $40,000 for the whole year for all of data and analytics. And I probably made $40,000, if I'm being honest. So like, <laughs> it, it's it's not a lot of money, right, across the board. And And you do have to sell it considerably to even get the investment in college athletics. So, um, it is really hard to convince college athletic departments that they need to buy a data warehouse. They need to buy, you know, different parts of the tech stack. They also need to invest in a, you know, technical analyst or a data engineer or a partnership, right? And all those add up. And, you know, most athletic departments don't have $100,000 to spend on a BI tool or a data warehouse or, you know, uh, all the different pieces. A data engineer, right? That might be the easiest role or most i guess easiest role to like find in terms of skill sets but hardest to convince athletic departments to like hire but you need an engineer to have the environment to work in and that's the set like there's always one more thing that you have to like buy or purchase or set them up for that athletic departments really just don't have historically i will say in the last five years or so most I would say not most, many power five athletic departments have realized that they can really start to um, make a case for it, right? And invest in it. Um, donors are now stepping up and saying, hey, mm. you know, maybe I have a, a data and analytics or BI tool or, you know, skill set that I can offer, or, hey, can we just give you, you know, some sort of donation to support your program? So that's interesting too, because it's unlike pro sports, right? Um, and that we have these uh, benefactors and donors willing to help us build something, which is really cool. But yeah, generally speaking, budgets are, you know, really hard uh, to, you know, manage and convince to give to an organization or a department within your org that has never existed. And it's not, it's not like another marketing team, right? Every college athletic department, if you go to their staff directory, has a marketing staff. Most athletic departments don't have a data staff. I hope that'll change one day, but um, we're a ways away from it. Um, the only other anecdote from that is that, I don't know if you guys know this, um, something like less than 10% of college athletic departments break even every year. Hmm. So most are operating in the red. <laughs> so when you have this type of investment, right, I think that makes a bigger case to invest in data anal in analytics, but it's hard to convince executives who only see the pretty charts or dashboards at the end right or only operate in excel that like hey you need to make a six-figure investment in data right what are some of the uh 
because I think I think the challenges that you're facing there in terms of limited resources and limited budgets, they're not just limited to, you know, this, this I think a lot of folks face that, especially if they're, you know, sort of like the first one in deploying analytics for an organization. Like, are there any kind of key arguments or statements or things that you've made or framed that were helped that helped you be successful in driving, you know, budget your way to complete these things? Uh, you know, I think uh, you know, most of my experience was on the revenue generation side. So business analytics, ticket mm. sales, email marketing, digital, social, right? All the the constituent or fan facing mm -hmm. parts of athletic departments. And some of the easiest measurable decisions or projects we've worked on is like dynamic pricing, right? Like generating revenue to say like we used our data, we realized we could increase our ticket prices. $5 per ticket and oh my gosh, we generated an additional incremental $1 million. That helps when you go to your athletic director to be like, hey, we did this tiny little analysis, but hey, we actually brought in another X number of dollars. And you can kind of extrapolate that with your AD and be like, imagine what we could do with, you know, more staff or a staff member, right? So I think that's big. I think the other projects we typically work on are like, um, you know, look alike audiences, right? Like if we know our audience looks like this and they're doing really well and they're really engaged with us, we need to go find new fans, right? Like all our fan bases are getting older and, and the, the new generations don't want to commit to a full season, right? They want to show up once in a while and stare at their phone for the whole game and like tweet or do whatever they do now, right? So <laughs> trying to change then, trying to find new customers, I think is really important because we will start to see most of our season ticket base drop off here in the next few years for all of our programs. So those are the big ones. I think on the, the student athlete and performance side, you know, there are a lot of support staff, whether it's strength coaches, athletic trainers, um, you know, just support, you know, student athlete facing, their day job is not data and analytics, but they are like manually pulling data out of systems, bringing it to Excel and like, again, not their day job, not part of their job description, but they're doing a lot of data prep and an analysis. And you need to like show that and expose it in a way that says like, hey, if you invest in a real effort here, those strength coaches can go back to working with the student athletes directly, right? Or the athletic trainers can go back to treating injuries and getting you know student athletes ready to compete on the weekend, right? So making the case of like, Yes, there's an ROI, there should be an ROI, but there's also an efficiency. Like if you calculate the number of hours saved, that's where we go to our leadership team and say, hey, help us invest here because it'll pay off in you know insurmountable ways that of like generate money or give people time back to support the student athletes. So I love it. I think if I could there are a couple of categories there. The first scenario being like showing like a short small proof of value where you're able to look at you know a business impact here's a you know a business problem if we solve it it's worth x and here's a small yep. that we did using data and analytics which is this little bit we generated a million dollars right yep. sort of like and just and that's like a very i would say kind of scrappy attitude of like all right i'm going to figure this out and show you what we're <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to tell you what's possible. I'm going to show you what we did, which I'm sure that's a very strong case to make. I love that. I think, too, it's the one of the taglines I say a lot here is like 
the right information at the right time and the right medium so like somebody can make a decision right like i'm not in the business of making decisions i'm in the business of giving people the data right or the insights so they can make decisions and something as simple as like putting that information jason on somebody's phone right like our strength coaches are running around with student athletes but if i can put it on their phone and like that takes them that saves them five hours a week of having to sit at their desk like that's that's huge right or if our athletic director can get their numbers on their phone right now that's huge so well i think you to, to me you touched on something there that is critical in this world of data science and artificial intelligence and, and on decision sciences based in data and that this human in the loop decisioning where you're not just trying to use the machines and the data to say here's your answer it's you know do this it's more here's some possible answers, here's the insights and information you need at this moment in time for that person to go and make an informed decision on top of it. And I think that human in the loop aspect, and that, I think that transcends you know, beyond athletics and performance and using that because there, in every field there are experts and that human expertise and experience, I think layered on top of this you know, artificial intelligence type of a solution, that's where you get like, exponential value out of these things totally i think it helps with like trust and like credibility in the data too right i think that could be a whole other talk because i talk about that a lot of like my dashboards are only good if somebody trusts them right and with the ai stuff right like the further you get away from like oh this is my excel i know these numbers because i pulled them the further you like <laughs> the degrees of separation you get away from like the end user they they get a little nervous and they get a little scared that like the computer is going to tell them what to do, but did they take into all my, you know, my 10 different gotcha moments or whatever. So I do that a lot here where I like make bridges, right? Like there's a, there's a crosswalk to like, Hey, here's where you were. Here's what you're looking, we're looking at. Here's what I'm building. Here's where we can go with it like later, but you have like, they have to trust whatever we're going to put in front of them whether it's a simple dashboard or, you know, a machine learning model that spits out, I don't know, new ticket prices or something. Um, so with that, I think I will, I will ask you a question about, have you ever been, and, and feel free to plead the fifth, uh, but maybe <laughs> I want to talk about a time where maybe you had an issue or something where credibility was um, hurt and trust was lost. Have you, have you ever experienced that? I, I certainly have where I screwed yeah. stuff up. Uh, so yeah. if you're willing to share like a like a, a lessons learned from Lee, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it certainly happened. I want to say even back, I don't remember the exact example when I was at Cal, but when I was at Cal, you know, it I was pulling data in the morning, preparing a manual Excel, you know, for eight different eight eight different ticketed sports, and then like sending them on to people, and it was really easy just to have like uh a typo right that breaks everything or you fat finger a number and it, a million becomes ten thousand or something right like uh more recently though i think the trust in the data um like data pipelines you guys know this apis sfdps they can all break <laughs> and i think when you talk to certain end users, they think it's all just easy, right? It's like how water shows up at your faucet, you know, in your house, like, <laughs> oh, I turn it on and I get water. Well, I'm gonna turn on this dashboard and I'm gonna get data. Well, there can be a hiccup along the way. And more recently, we've had hiccups along the way where, you know, I'm doing calculations, I'm showing totals, I'm, I'm 
doing math right on numbers and there's a hiccup and then the domino effect downstream is just like the numbers are now wrong nobody trusts them because of one little pipeline like issue that nobody can see on the surface other than the data people who know what is under the hood right so um i've had it happen recently recently where we've had to articulate like hey here's what's going on it looks wrong but like we know it's coming back like bear with us please be patient right like try to the getting out ahead of the the issue with transparency right that's the other thing we are introducing massive loads of transparency now in my organization now and my previous ones we're like the transparency is good it's going to show you the good the bad or the incorrect but like you have to communicate and get out ahead of it so i've certainly had it happen not great but we've been able to kind of talk our way through it in almost every scenario well, I like that. I think kind of along those lines, um, maybe if you could speak just to folks who may be looking to join an analytics team in the college sports world, yeah. like maybe kind of talk them through how that could go, any advice you could give them. Uh, and I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so I think it kind of depends. One, high level, just in sports in general. You really have to figure out if you want to work for like, if you're a sports fan, if you want to, if you're a Michigan fan and you really want to work for Michigan, right? Like you're going to see like the way the sausage is made, right? It's not going to be glamorous. It's going to be messy. It's going to like, there could be days where you hate your job. And if you are a super fan of the organization you work for, you have to come to terms with like, if you're willing to work in that environment, right? Or you have to show up to work in a way like that does not like we all love super fans but like this is your day job right so like as people try to break into sports i think it's important that they consider where and how they want to work for i also think you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and say like i'm a diehard michigan fan i will only work for michigan i think especially in college athletics prior to the pandemic we moved around the country i've lived on the west coast the east coast and now in the midwest so like that's another consideration you have to make right and specifically in, in data and analytics, if you're pivoting in from another industry, right, whether it's healthcare or tech or, you know, automotive stuff, right? Like you have to be very clear on what your expectations are with the the employer and the, the hiring manager. I think it's also equally as important as the the organization to articulate what you need, right? A lot of, on the business side, a lot of schools aren't looking for people who know R and Python. SQL maybe, right? They might just need somebody to work Tableau dashboard. So making sure your skills match with what the team needs in college athletics are gonna be really important. Um, you know, you could be a really technical analyst. Well, they might not have a data warehouse or a BI tool for you. You might be working in Excel, right? So being able to ask those questions up front on both sides of the coin of like, hey, what is this job going to provide for me? What environment am I working in, right? And what skill set do I need? Because you don't want to be overskilled either, right? You want to kind of come in at the right angle. So um, mm. that's a big one. I think salary is another big one, right? Like, again, I was making not a ton of money back in my Cal days. And I would say there's not like data industry level money in most college athletic departments, right? So coming to terms with that, most times a lot of, a lot of programs will think, oh my gosh, it's school X. People will bend over backwards to work for us. And maybe they will. Maybe they won't though. And like making sure um, 
your salary expectations are understood or you understand their expectations, I think is important. Um, on the flip side, I work with schools to like right size their descriptions, right? And make sure the salary is there. You guys have probably seen those job descriptions that are like, you need to know Tableau and you need to be certified in Tableau and Salesforce and R and SQL and right? Like it's a kitchen sink and, and college athletics throws all the buzzwords out there sometimes and says like, we need this person. Well, that person from, I don't know, uh, tech might think that's a $150,000 job. The athletic department probably has like $70,000 or $60,000 for it. So like, I try really hard to help my friends when they design positions to like fit the salary and expectations to what the market might look like too. So. I heard a couple of things in there I think are important. The first thing you talked about <clears throat> made me think almost you, you want to separate your fan from your um, career, right? So being a, a champion, like so for myself, yes, I would love to work for Michigan Athletic Department. Uh, and that would be great. However, though, as you get into it, it may not, it, it, you may not want to see kind of behind yeah. the curtain there. You may kind of like, you know, I have this, you know, like I have this vision of what yeah. it looks like. Yeah back office and I kind of don't want to screw up that vision because I like that vision <laughs> uh, and then you know the types of work too you pointed out you had to move around a lot so yep. this is a career like you didn't go to yep. work for a team you went to work in the field of college athletics and analytics yep. and so you're following a career path that could take you from a conference to technology pl platform <laughs> to a team right so and then back to another team so on so I think you know it's really important that folks think about you know, it's it's a career path that isn't a fun field. I think of all the fields and the types of data and decisions that you're making yep. between marketing analytics, revenue, you know, all all of that. And then athlete performance is some of the most fascinating, interesting types of work. So I think on its own, it's a fascinating field to get into. And then thinking about, you know, maybe the compensation hasn't quite caught up to market because of some of the positive externalities of like, it's a fun place to work. So I think yeah. overall you would recommend this as a career path. Oh yes. I love it. I, I like when you asked Anna, like what I would do outside of this, like, I don't know. I've done this since I was 18. Like I, outside of like working at an ice cream shop when I was coming home from college in the summer, like I really haven't worked. I've been fortunate enough, knock on wood to not have to step outside of it, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's sports, right? If you are a data nerd or have some interest in data and you're a sports fan, I mean, we haven't even gotten into like the statistical analysis, right? The on-field strategy of like trying to predict wins, right? Like there's so many different career paths within just sports, but it is sports. So you have to be open to like salary or relocation or you might be working in marketing analytics, but really want to work on team performance. And like, do you take that job? To eventually make it over to you know team performance all sorts of stuff you have to think about well we have one kind of last topic we want to talk about i want to hear more about uh your nonprofit, sports analytics yeah. and technology association so if you could tell us you know about kind of about about that organization and you know we would we would love to hear yeah so sports data analytics and technology association really wordy sports data for short cute, right? Um, we created this back in 2020. So it was my, you know, pandemic, I'm sitting on the couch, not going anywhere idea that I um, made and, and pitched to my co-founder, Richard at Pitt. Um, and we started with like maybe 15 of us 
15 of us in college athletics. And we really just said like, hey, you know, back if I back up, there are professional associations in college athletics for marketing, ticket sales, ticket operations, development or fundraising, facilities and events. Like there's a lot, there's compliance, there's licensing and branding. So all of these different associations have been out there for years and I've gone to different ones and it's been great, but their programming hasn't been like data focused, right? It's like marketing analytics or sales analytics or, but they're not also not teaching you data skills, right? Or talking data, they're talking about the end user context. So back in 2020, I was talking to Richard at Pitt and said like, hey, I've always thought of making my own like organization, like could could we do something like that? And he was leading a call at the time on best practices and we teamed up in uh, October, 2020, we launched with like 15 or 15 people and then it quickly grew to 40. Um, we now have two levels of membership. So you can be a professional member, so you can be in professional sports, college sports, partners in the space, technology platforms. We actually have a couple BI tools in there as partners or not formal partners, but professional members as partners in there. And we also have this associate level tier, um, which is for aspiring students or graduate assistants or people looking to pivot, right? From like healthcare analytics yeah. into sport analytics. So we try to have um, different options for different types of interested individuals, right? And the nonprofit, our, our nonprofit status actually hinges on membership driven revenue, right? And, and expenses. So we are very focused on using the revenue for like education and training and webinars and like all these different things where, um, you know, early on people said like, yeah, I want to learn SQL or I want to learn Tableau. Like you're not going to learn those in other professional associations necessarily, but we can set that up, right? We have, you know, Tableau members and Domo members and all these other, like, like there's many partners out there that want to support the growth of analytics and sports. Um, so it's great. It's it's awesome. We're up at 260 members right now, I think, wow. um, which is great, uh, officially incorporated. So starting to kind of figure out what our next kind of version and iteration are. But we've got an online platform where it's almost like LinkedIn mates, like Facebook, <laughs> where you can like post ideas. There's message boards, there's different sections. So we've had somebody uh, post about you know, ticket sales or fan serving and, and the whole community can can reach out or comment and there's direct messages. So you can reach out to somebody in the industry to kind of get to know them or ask them questions of their organization or role. So pretty cool. It's awesome. It's been the best side hustle. I think I could have ever picked uh, <laughs> through, through a pandemic where I couldn't go out and do much. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I think most of the folks side hustles that I was aware of were people trying to enrich themselves. So I think you chose a very noble, like let's enrich others in this community. So I, I appreciate that and I'm not surprised. So that's awesome. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today and for sharing um, so much about your career path and offering advice for others that might be looking to get in the industry. Um, I think that's super important, especially, um, you know, you have so much experience in it and obviously so much passion for it. So it's really great that you were able to share that. And we wanted to thank you so much for joining. Um, before we leave, is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Any final thoughts? Um, anything you want to share? Oh, man. I, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, I, it probably comes off like college athletics doesn't have the money to do this. I, 
that's not the case. I think it looks different per school, right? Or per team. Um, Excel might be what they do for data and analytics, right? You can make dashboards in Excel. So I think it's just, it's probably a very different setup per school, right? And selling analytics and things like that per school is going to look different. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's an emerging area. I hope like five years from now, data and analytics in college sports is a lot like social media was like 10 years ago, right? There weren't social media staff at teams 15 years ago. Now there's like entire departments, right? I hope we get there like five years from now where every department staff directory has a list of data people. Like that's my goal. I don't know how I can do it, but from one place, but that's what I hope to see soon, so. Real Intelligence is presented by RxA, a leading data science consulting company. RxA provides project-based consulting, staff augmentation, and direct hire staffing services for data science, data engineering, and business intelligence to help our clients unlock the value in their data faster. Learn more by visiting our website at www.rxa.io or contacting our team at learn at rxa.io today.